Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Let's welcome Advocate Gonanani Happy Riligalia, who is uh, the acting HOD in the Department of Jurisprudence and Project Leader of uh, Medical Law and Biotechnology Flagship at the University of South Africa. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much and uh, good evening to you, Gogo, and uh, the, the listeners of Late Night conversation. You know, it's uh, it's very interesting that post the COVID-19 pandemic, which is, I think, the biggest pandemic that has hit global stages after the Spanish flu, uh, but the biggest that we are having in this generation, that we are having these conversations that are of hindsight so that we can learn from them. Let's firstly talk about your seminar. What was the purpose and aim of the seminar? Because it's not the first of its kind. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, maybe to give um, a background of the seminar, uh, the past year or so, we took an initiative to invite uh, traditional healers and community members. And um, the aim of such invitation was to broaden dialogue and perspective um, of course, with the aim of finding possible solutions to uh, medical legal problems and also maybe to try and influence uh, uh, policy changes. And of course, uh, the previous seminar, um, it was um, held sometime around uh, November. It was this year. Uh, I mean, it was around this time. And we invited Nsikima uh, Zwai as well as uh, Gogo uh, Matanyela. Uh, who were actually representing the traditional healers. And uh, on the Rastafarian front, we, we had uh, advocate Sipo Mandula. And this year we decided that um, our focus should be on multidisciplinary response to COVID-19 uh, in the post-pandemic uh, period. And um, the theme, of course, for, for, for this year's seminar, it was uh, centered on the conventional medical response as well as indigenous um, African responses. And um, I must uh, also indicate to you that um, uh, this is uh, for the first time in the College of Law at UNISA in recent years where both uh, medical practitioners as well as traditional uh, healers converge in one room to discuss, uh, of course, matters that are relating to medical law or jurisprudence, and uh, the, of course, the conversations, um, uh, uh, of course, uh, that will come out of um, uh, that 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 will come out of that uh, seminar will indeed um, uh, contribute in the research, and um, it of course it will also add in the development of research within the College of Law, uh, as well as uh, in the broader in the broader. Uh, health industry. Advocate Raleigh you know, you speak that, uh, you know, one of the, the, the key pointers or talking points was around indigenous medical responses. So you invited traditional healers alongside Western trained uh, medical uh, practitioners. There's always a misunderstanding when it comes to African indigenous medicines. Did you not find that this was the case during the seminar, uh, that uh, people were not understanding the fact that the, the indigenous medicine itself does not bear much of the spirit, uh, but it's just like Western medicine. It's how you mix and combine um, herbs in order for you to come out with a concoction, for lack of a better word, for healing. 
Of course, uh, the, the, the conversations were uh, quite robust, and uh, indeed we had, um, of course, participants who actually came and um, uh, cast some aspersions against, um, of course, uh, traditional healing. And of course, most of them, um, uh, or rather, let me say, uh, some of them, they were coming from the Christian, uh, of course, uh, religion. And um, uh, of course, um, uh, they had to uh, make those kind of judgments. But uh, being at the institution of higher learning, we 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 actually invite those kind of constructive criticism, and uh, for that, uh, of course, uh, the main purpose is to actually uh, contribute in the Africanization of teaching and learning, and um, uh, we will definitely do so uh, if we accept uh, uh, those kind of criticism with the intention of uh, actually creating knowledge dis distribution. Uh, 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 which, uh, of course, will enhance and reflect, of course, the reality of African people uh, 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 who are in the majority. Look, when it comes to the key learnings now, the global response to COVID-19 was very Western in its approach, and we need to be honest with this, but was the key learnings of how to eliminate discrimination, especially for um, African uh, traditional healers? And I'm speaking from a point of view of being one, where it was touch and go, especially in the beginning of COVID lockdown, uh, two years ago in March, where you were not allowed to practice whatsoever but medical practitioners with the uh, university degrees were permitted to practice. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, um, uh, what is more important also is, is the fact that um, amongst the participants uh, was um, uh, one of the, um, uh, let me put it, uh, the health ombuds, and um, uh, uh, as well as another uh, doctor who actually uh, uh, who was actually dealing with the issues of uh, medical negligence and, and, and bioethical issues. All those uh, participants were actually um, uh, uh, addressing issues in a more um, a matured and understanding manner. And um, I, can, I can guarantee you that uh, one of the key uh, lessons that we, we, we actually drew from that is that um, these uh, uh, medical practitioners, both the African and uh, you know Western uh, medical practitioners, they can uh, work hand in glove. And um, of course, in the in the coming year, what uh, we are actually intending to do is to ensure that we have a conference, a fully fledged conference, not um, a, a, a seminar per se, whereby both. Uh, uh, these medical practitioners, me, medical practitioners will converge and discuss and also provide a way forward on how to address um, uh, uh, issues that uh, you may find that uh, there may be of difference in, in nature between these two disciplines. I hope I'll get an invitation to that one. It would be a conversation that is needed. Um, but Advocate uh, uh, Ruligalia, in terms of the medical ombuds, medical negligence during COVID-19, what was addressed in the seminar about it? And was there anything or any cases that were cited that we can take key learnings from? Yes, uh, uh, one of the... Key uh, 
um, aspect that was discussed there, uh, you will find, I will give you a scenario which was actually brought forward. Um, uh, the medical uh, uh, ombudsman, uh, which is um, uh, uh, the ombudsman of HPCSA, which is uh, Dr. Munyaziwa Kuinda, gave a scenario of a situation whereby you will find that during COVID-19, um, a patient will therefore not be allowed to see, you know, their loved ones, even in their deathbed. So those are some of the aspects that we discussed, and also, uh, uh, or rather, uh, and also juxtapose that with the the African, you know, way of doing things. In so far as performing rituals are concerned, um, uh, you will understand that um, as a traditional healer, um, uh, once a person passes away, you need to perform to perform certain rituals. And those rituals were not actually respected mainly because of the uh, greater dominance of Western responses insofar as dealing with COVID-19 is concerned. So this is also one amongst other issues that were actually uh, 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 highlighted and which led to so many people being disrangled. And you will also realize that um, even when a, a, a person uh, has passed on, you also need to view the, the corpse and also perform certain rituals. So this and many other aspects um, uh, were, were actually discussed um, in the seminar which was held on Friday. Now I've got uh, an Atima who's on the line who'd like to contribute to the conversation. Atima Aisha, good evening. Good evening, Pat. Good evening to what's your guest name? Advocate Ralikalia. Advocate Ralikalia. Uh, firstly, I, I I I hear all the nice talks that you've been having. That's good. Well, thank you very it, much. It should be like this. Additional practitioners must be based at every hospital one. Hmm? As, as a citizen, I must walk into the hospital and I must have a choice on whether I'm going to see my uh, a traditional healer or, or, or a conventional GP. That's where we should be going to. Okay. Hello? Yeah, we're listening to uh, you, yeah. Alicia. We hear you. Does he understand me? Yeah, we heard you. Thank you very yes, much. Yes. Thank you for okay. your contribution, Aisha. So I, I hear Aisha's approach, and I know um, in a lot of the Asian countries, uh, you, you, you are able to get this multi-thronged approach. Legally in South Africa, Advocate, uh, what will it take for us to see that happening? Um, uh, it, it, it needs uh, some sort of political, uh, you know, will to actually recognize, um, uh, of course, uh, traditional um, uh, medicine or other maybe, uh, uh, you know, the indigenous knowledge systems 
um, in so far as uh, you know um, uh, uh, medicinal aspects are concerned. So once we have a political will, therefore it means that um, uh, uh, and recognition uh, uh, per se. Of course, I do. I do believe and understand that. Um, um, uh, traditional healers are actually recognized, but I, I, I also have a view that um, they are not actually recognized enough because during COVID, um, all the responses were centered on the Western, uh, you know, uh, ways of doing things. And um, the Umshonyan and other things were not actually receiving a greater you know, attention as compared to vaccinations and so forth. And that also led to, uh, of course, uh, you will not even, um, you know, uh, uh, blame other people who were actually having some vaccine hesitancy because um, uh, they felt that uh, their own indigenous, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, indigenous herbs were not actually recognized enough. Key learnings. Clearly, this is a conversation that's just started and it needs to continue. But uh, what are at least one or two key learnings that we got from COVID-19 that change can be implemented on, especially when it comes to uh, medical law? Um, One one, one can indicate that uh, maybe from uh, the... Uh, since well um, uh, in our in our space we are in the in the education uh, uh, aspect part of it um, of course one has to indicate that um, the the the, the covid nineteen pandemic um, of course um, um, uh, brought uh, much uh, uh, in a way that um, uh, the end results of some of the activities um, which were actually done during COVID pandemic uh, will, will, of course, uh, you know, uh, add value in the, in the bank of knowledge, uh, of course, insofar as research outputs, um, as well as, uh, you know, future collaborations uh, with, uh, of course, different stakeholders and, of course, um, awareness creation around the topic of COVID-19 itself. And, uh, of course, by um, uh, uh, awareness creation, of course, one will be relating to the issues of recognizing uh, traditional uh, medicinal aspects and uh, also uh, putting them uh, at a greater height. Thank you so very much, uh, Advocate. Uh, I'm looking forward to that uh, invitation for the next discussion that you'll be having. And uh, hopefully it will be opened up for A-teamers to join in as well. Thank you for this great initiative. Thank you very much. And we'll also invite you so that you can come and, uh, you know, uh, be part of the conversation and uh, also communicate and also have engagements uh, with, uh, of course, um, uh, interaction with uh, knowledge consumers in the process of, uh, of course, uh, knowledge production, and uh, of course, uh, both the, the 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 conventional as well as the tra- uh, the traditional healers will also form part and parcel of that uh, research uh, conference. Thank you very much. And uh, eighteen minutes. It's thirty-two minutes after ten.